This is the Spout Podcast, where famous people spout off about more than what they're famous for. Here's Tamara Dia. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Spout Podcast. I am your host for today, Tamara Dia, and I'm joined by the one and only Madison Beer. What's up, girl? How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. Hanging in there, dealing with this heat wave in LA. I'm sure you're probably feeling the same, right? Absurd. I literally just got back from New York and I thought it was hot there, but I I can't even step outside. It's unreal. I know. I'm kind of like chilling in my AC right now. (laughs) Um, Well, first off, I do want to extend a huge congratulations to you because you recently broke a personal record with the release of your new single, Reckless, which generated over 4 million streams on Spotify in its first week, which is insane. How are you feeling about that? Um, I'm really proud of it. I honestly had a lot of pushback when it comes to like releasing that song because I don't know, I ballads don't always go over so well sometimes and you know, labels or whatnot usually want something that's a little more upbeat or like, you know, more radio friendly, I guess. And I really pushed for this song because I I really am tied to it and the story means a lot to me. And um I made this song a while ago and I felt like it was the right time to release it. So Having kind of this like, I don't want to say battle, but having this pushback and then have my fans have been this receptive to it and this into it definitely meant and means a lot to me. So they are the driving force for everything. And it, yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Kind of reinforces like your artistic direction, right? When something you truly believe in as well. Absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely really reassuring and then gives me like future confidence to buckle down on my choices and yeah, it, it's it's really it's really affirming. Nice. What do you think it is about this song specifically that is resonating so strongly with your audience? Um, you know, it kind of happened when I released Selfish, when I first started seeing this shift of people wanting to see a more vulnerable side of, of me. And then I decided to like start more candidly talking about like my mental health and struggles I had gone through and whatnot. And I feel like this song is another side of that. Like there's obviously so many layers to vulnerability and to telling a story and I have so many stories to tell that Selfish was kind of my song that was directly like, I, you know, I should have stayed away from you. I should have known better. Whereas Reckless is more like, how could you do this to me? Like, how could you hurt me so bad? And it's just a different perspective of being hurt by somebody. Cause I think there's so many ways that someone could like let you down or hurt you. So uh, yeah, I just wanted to do a new perspective on it and um, release this song that uh, is, is really, emotionally charged and yeah I, I don't know my fans definitely really love it though when I'm when I'm honest and real with them every time I open up TikTok I feel like I hear it all the time which is like further proves how much people love this song And I know you've mentioned in the past that you have this like love-hate relationship with TikTok and like low-key, I feel like we all do. (laughs) Um, How does it make you feel to know that people are using your music for their content? It means a lot to me. Like that's honestly like the side of TikTok that I think is amazing. I think it's awesome how artistic people are and how creative the next generation is becoming. And I see so many trends and so many interesting things that and flip perspectives that I would have never even thought of. And I'm like, wow, it's so interesting that you, you know, did this with this song and it's really really cool and it's really intriguing but yeah i think my love-hate relationship just also comes from the fact that a video of somebody can go viral and there could be hundreds of thousands of hate comments and then those comments have 
hundreds of thousands of likes. And it's just um, it's it's kind of a breeding ground for a lot of bullying to take place at the same time as it is for creativity. So there's pros and cons for everything, but I definitely try to limit my time on it as much as possible. Yeah, I think if it's kind of the healthy route mentally, and I love that you are such an advocate for mental health, and you did touch on it just now with the online bullying, especially with such a large platform. I think it's so important that your fans kind of hear that side from you, because I can't imagine being in such like extreme public eye. The public scrutiny must be so hard. How do you deal with that? You know, I've been doing this for a decade now, and I definitely thought by 22, I would have it figured out and I would know how to cope and I would know how to navigate it better. But I really don't. And I think that that speaks volumes in itself that somebody who's literally every day since I was 12 has been hated on, been told to kill myself, been threatened, been bullied, harassed, made fun of what you name it. And I'm still not used to it. So that just shows that it's seriously an issue and it's not something that's like nobody is immune to it. And um, it doesn't get easier, at least for me. Listen, there's people out there who I'm sure are completely unaffected by other people's opinions and don't really care. But I'm a very sensitive person. I'm someone who cares a lot about other people. And I definitely take things to heart. And that is a fault of mine. But also, like, I think that being emotional is um, a beautiful thing and yeah, I try. I don't know. It's it's very very double sided with me. There's a lot of some days I don't care, and I'm like, I don't. You what you guys say about me is irrelevant. I know who I am at the end of the day, and I can look in the mirror and be proud of who I am and know that I'm a good person. And then there's other days that I'm like, this is really getting to me, and this is affecting me in a dangerous way. So yeah, it's just it's just. I think it's strange how normalized bullying strangers online has become, and I think that it's strange that it's it's something that we're conditioned to thinking that we have to get used to and you know the narrative that's always portrayed is like well not like haters are my motivators but like things like that that are like kind of giving you this false concept that haters like don't affect you and they actually are it's like whatever when it's like no like they, they do and I and I was told when I was younger when I first started and I was in like media training and whatever I was definitely told like don't let them know they're getting to you. Don't respond to any comments. Don't ever go online and say that it's affecting you. The best thing you could do is just be like, oh, I don't care what people say. And like hate doesn't affect me. When in reality, that's only going to perpetuate the idea that hating on somebody and sending them hateful messages is 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 right and is not going to do anything. That's That's to me extremely silly and it's counterintuitive. And I want to be a person who speaks out against it and let people know like, hey, like your words are hurtful, whether I know you, whether I don't. It's hurtful. I'm a human being. And I definitely would encourage people to speak up and it doesn't make you weak or like, I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot that goes on around like talking about it. That's stigmatized where people just encourage you not to because they're like, don't give them the benefit. of the, Don't like give them that like, you know, satisfaction or whatever. And I'm like, it's it's not even about that. It's so much deeper. Yeah. And it makes you human to own that. I mean, every human being on some level deals with you know, someone who may say something sideways and I can't imagine what it's like when you feel like the whole internet is doing it. So I think it's yeah. really important and brave of you to be so vocal about it. Thank you. Yeah, I try. I tried to. I just I, I was definitely someone for a long time who just didn't really speak up about this kind of stuff. I tried to just internalize it. And I was surrounded by people who continuously told me, like, don't let them know that they got to you. That's what they want. Like, you know, that kind of stuff. But now I'm at a place where I'm like, no, you you should know that it got to me. You should know that your words are dangerous. And like, 
using social media as a weapon, it's it's a dangerous thing and you can really affect people. And I think that people should be much more cautious and empathetic towards others. And it's really sad that like empathy and kindness aren't, you know, it's cool. It's cooler to be like mean and to just like write people off and be judgmental and not. It's just it's just a very nonproductive society that I think should should turn itself around at some point i hate this like concept that people shouldn't feel things i think it's so bogus like what i don't understand like if you have feelings it makes you clearly like an emotionally intelligent person i don't i don't know why anyone would have the unless you're like 10 i don't know where you're getting the idea that it wouldn't affect you and i know that if the roles were reversed and if you were in my shoes it would affect you so just Treat people the way you want to be treated. And like, there's no reason that if if you feel the innate need to leave a hate comment on somebody's post or bully somebody, then you should do some serious introspection and not worry about me and worry about yourself. Well, it's, it's like that same, you know, the theory of hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times the people that are leaving those comments are the ones without, you know, they don't have their face on there. They don't have their real name. It's some random behind like a screen. Always. Well, I know like a lot of kids, you know, they see the glamorous side of the industry and the work that you do. And they just see like the beauty of it and the clothes and the music and the performances. And they think like, oh, you know, I want that. Or they, they associate it essentially with fame. So they think that perhaps that's what they want is this fame. And I think, you know, the people that I've talked to over the years that are in that position, they have a different perspective of it when they're in it. What's your perspective of this idea of the fame coming from being an artist who generally just wants to create? I think that like fame is a word that I think there's a lot of layers and and ways that you can like dissect it I think that the idea seems glamorous because like you said it's you know it's carpets and it's paparazzi and you feel like you know people care about me and you feel cool and it but it's like in reality it's there's a lot of invasiveness I fear for my safety a lot of the time I feel like I can't you know have my relationship be private without people prying and poking for information there there's so many reasons that I feel like fame is the downside and the downfall to wanting to pursue art in any form and want to be somebody who's passionate about, you know, whether it's music or dancing or acting, whatever it might be like, your goal shouldn't be to be famous because that's a very unsustainable and not maintainable thing. It's just not, it's not what it shapes up to be. And uh, obviously there are like privileges that comes with it and I'm not oblivious to that, but at the same, in the same sentence, there are also a lot of things that come with it that I think are unbearable and drive me crazy to be frank. So yeah, I feel like I can't, you know, walk down the street without being past judgment on. I constantly like a TikTok, like specifically I'll open it and I'll see a video of myself from like three years ago. I saw something recently that I was just baffled by where it was uh, somebody basically comparing like runway models to people who aren't runway models who have walked on runways and I was in one of the videos and it was a video of me from when I was probably 17 or 18 and I was walking a runway for charity and this video was used against me because I had no idea what I was doing. I was wearing like a long dress, which I had never wore like a long dress in my life. And I was like holding it up and I looked super awkward, obviously. And I was being made fun of in the comments. And I was just looking at this like I did this walk and this runway thing for charity I didn't do it for myself. It wasn't like I was pretending to be a model. And like, even if I was, it just, I just don't understand the need to be so hateful towards one another. I think it's really sad. And 
yeah, that's a perfect prime example of just like, seriously, you guys, like, is the news that boring? I don't understand why this is what we're focused on right now is like comparing people to professional models who trained to walk on a runway compared to people who like, I walked for charity when I was 17 and never claimed to be a runway model. I have two left feet. I've said that a hundred times. So yeah, I don't know. I just think that we should definitely just show people and each other a lot more like kindness and empathy. And I think it would go a long way. I agree. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, you know, not all online activity is dark. Sometimes it's a little bit lighter, especially in the case when you're releasing music and you see people resonating with it. And then it kind of like gets into this system where it spreads like wildfire, which is what's happening with Reckless, um, which is so wonderful to see. So, you know, of course, you understand there's a a bright side as well. I'm so happy that you're able to see that now with your single reckless. Um, so for me, like I have like a fraction, a minute fraction of the following that you have, but my DMs are a war zone. So I can only imagine what's happening in your DMs. Oh, yeah. What are some of like the stranger, weirder DMs that you've received? I've never, I don't really check my DMs. I mean, I've definitely gotten like threatening and dangerous messages before that I have been like reported to the police, but I don't know. I don't really I don't really look at that kind of stuff, but I try to just like talk to my fans as much as possible. And like you said, yeah, there's there is a lot of positivity as well. And there's a lot of opportunity for creativeness and for interaction and for people to meet. And like I, I, I've met so many incredible people online and my fans are, you know, the closest people in the world to me. And I wouldn't have them if it wasn't for Twitter or Instagram. So I thank it at the end of the day. And yeah, I, I definitely feel really blessed and grateful that people are liking the song and yeah but but i try not to check my dms it's just like it's never never turns out well so not so yeah, <laughs> probably exactly. stick to that exactly. <laughs> so a lot of people obviously know you for your music but what, what else are you into like what are your interests outside of music i have so many i uh, have a lot of aspirations i want to go on to do as many things as i possibly can in this lifetime i'm really into movies and film and just like cinematography in general i my one of my dreams is to write and direct and star in it, my own movie that'd be amazing and super cool my other hobby I don't really know. I I kind of just chill, to be honest with you. I don't leave my house, and I just like to like chill with my friends and like possibly play poker. And that's really that's really it. nice. I play poker. Do you play hold'em? I do play hold'em. I do. I always feel like. Uh, have you ever played in a casino, like poker at a casino table? I have, um, but like I've never played with um, like other people. I've played I in the like yeah. with the bank, so it's kind of like ultimate Texas Hold'em, which I don't like as much because I think obviously like a whole part of poker is actually being able to like bluff and whatnot. Yeah, I, I, I should soon though. I'm just a little intimidated to go sit at a table with a bunch of people and play the strangers, but maybe one day I'll gain the confidence too. So the thing is, is because we're women, there's not a lot of women that play poker. So I find that we actually have the advantage because they're more 
like they're more intimidated by us. So even if, you know, you're thinking like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Like you just sitting there as being like a strong, badass woman that's like trying to play this game. In my experience, that throws them off their game. True. I'm going to try that. I will definitely try that and let you know how it goes over. (laughs) Keep me posted when you win that million dollar pot. (laughs) I will. (laughs) So, you know, obviously like, you know, everyone's talking about listening to your music. Like who are you listening to right now? I listen to everything. I really like don't I, I don't have specifics or like exa- like there's there's no one that I can like pinpoint. If you look at my playlist, that's my like most played playlist. It's every genre and every person. You can imagine it's it's pretty wild. But uh I don't know. I, I've been listening to a lot of Queen lately. I'm I just like rewatched Bohemian Rhapsody and so I'm just like diving back into a lot of Queen music and I don't know, like, what else am I listening to right now? Do you like the old school, like, classic rock? I do, yeah. I mean, like, I would say I uh, Polo and Pan, I love them. They just released a new single called Tunnel, I'm pretty sure, which I think is really sick. There's a lot There's a lot of really awesome new artists out there. I just kind of, like, yeah, I usually just stick with my classics, though. So. I saw on your Instagram story you recently shared music by Bo Burnham um, from his Netflix special. Yeah, it's all well, what did you, it's like, you know, obviously like it's a, a, a kind of a diversion from like the regular music that we listen to, but it's so poignant. Like, what do you think about the things that he says? I mean, I have every song memorized already. Like it's, it's, I, it's the only album I've been listening to since it dropped. I was really like baffled when it didn't drop, when the special didn't drop with the, an album, because when it first, when I first watched it, I've seen it now like seven times. But when I first watched it, I immediately was like, there has to be an album that goes with this. And then there wasn't. And then he posted like, few days later that it was dropping and I was really excited. It's just like, he's been someone who I've looked up to since I was like, I, I can't even tell you. I think his first YouTube video he posted in like 08 or 09 or something like that. And I watched that video. Like I remember being a kid and, and growing up watching him and I'm genuinely just like so proud of him and everything he's done. And he's just such a like passionate, prolific person. And like the things he says, I, truly wish I had the confidence to say online or publicly, but because I've been canceled every six months on the internet, I have a lot of PTSD about like sharing my opinions on a lot of things. But yeah, I I think that he's incredible and he's someone who I like look up to tremendously. And I encourage everyone to watch the special and listen to the album. He wrote, directed, edited, lit, and did everything himself. So I'm, I'm just really, I'm just really proud of him. I think he's, he's a generational talent and an incredible incredible person and yeah i could talk about him forever i I really like love him so much i also was like looking at like all your credits on your songs and your album and i noticed that you wrote a lot and you're producing a lot so it's like really cool to see an artist that has such a big hand in their music do you find that that's kind of rare these days you know i don't know i think every artist is different and how they work in their process is different i've only really like honed in on my process in the last like two years or so because I found my crew finally that I only write with them and I really like am so I'm so comfortable in the room with them and we're all so collaborative with each other and we speak the same language like I can literally say something in gibberish it would just make no sense to somebody else and I could just say to my producer I could literally be like okay do like one of these and he'll be like okay cool I got it and it's like what does that even mean nobody has any idea but he knows off the bat And yeah, we just have like such an amazing dynamic and we've been doing these little writing camps that are like 10 days long and we'll go wherever and it's just magic. And like, it's so, it's such an amazing thing that I feel like we have now. And, you know, for a long time being signed at 12, like I, I've been through the industry in every way where I've been in 
sessions that I haven't written a word because, you know, there are really big writers in the room and I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm 14. Like, you know, and I've been like steamrolled over. I've also had sessions where like, it's literally just a demo that I cut, whatever. So now like having people around me who not only like want me to write, but encourage me to write, who encourage me to help with the production, who like want to hear my input, like, Hey, where do you think we should go from here? Like, do you think this, that, that? and it's only made the music so much better and so much more personal to me. Like I, you know, I know I just only recently released my debut album, but like the second album is almost done. And it's, it's like, I can't even listen to it without crying my eyes out because I'm just so proud of it. And I just feel like I'm finally really like tuned in to my artistry. And it feels so good after all these years to feel that way. And I'm really, really like so grateful for the crew of people that I have around me. They're godsend. That's amazing, right? So what can you tell us about the second album? It's definitely taking on a much different approach than Life Support. It sounds completely different. A lot of songs from Life Support are like over two and a half years old at this point. So I've departed a lot from a lot of them. And I feel like I'm at a you know much different place musically and sonically and mentally and maturity wise. So I just have like a lot more to say, a lot of different narratives to say. My, I don't want to reduce Life Support to a breakup album, but it was amidst a breakup of mine. I went from one long-term relationship to another long-term relationship and ending that was, was a lot on me. And so I definitely wrote a breakup album with other things inside of it, but it was that was the main narrative behind it. And I think that this second album has a lot more that we've touched on and a lot of different messages and meanings and I just I just can't wait I mean I want it out yesterday so we're trying to get it done and get it out hopefully within this year if not very early next year but it's 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 definitely the most me thing I have ever made and I'm over the moon excited for it and I know you're going on tour soon that must be so exciting for you especially after having not been able to perform in front of an audience for so long how are you feeling about that I'm so excited man you know like I I was born I feel like to perform like I love to sing and I love to you know whatever but like performing is really where I get that like dopamine hit and I just feel I've felt so depleted over the last year plus from not being able to do any shows like seeing my I have just strong connection with my fans that like seeing them in a crowd singing back to me like resonating with the lyrics us crying together like the sound of their screams on like the first night that I opened my tour, I think I won't even be able to get a word out because I'll be sobbing hysterically. Yeah, I'm just, I, I, I've missed them. I've missed the stage. I've missed performing. And um, I, I literally can't, can't wait. It's, it's, it's not something that I can even comprehend at this point because I'm just like, like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it's actually happening again. Like, finally. I know you perform like, so many times. Do you, ever, do you ever still get nervous, like, right before you hit the stage? Is there, like, any nerves that ever come into play? I mean, girl, like, this pandemic has given me the worst, like, social anxiety in the entire world. Same. So, like, I can't even go, like, to a small gathering of friends of mine because I'm like, I can't deal. So, not really sure, but uh, I think that... I usually don't. I, I got to a place that I was feeling really confident every time I stepped on stage. But I think that this time I will I will probably be very nervous at the beginning, but also so excited, probably just more overwhelmed with excitement. So I cannot deal with the social anxiety of like, so, you know, we're opening back up, obviously. And like, I know we're supposed to be so excited to like get back to quote unquote normal, but there's a part of me that's like, am I ready? I don't know. I, I've tried a few times to, you know, go to these like dinners with my friends or if someone's having a little party and I'm like, oh, I'm like, I can't really like interact with more than five people. I'm scared of everybody. And I just can't. <laughs> like, I, I get so much anxiety. Um, so 
We'll see. We'll see what happens. Hopefully with time, you know, like we have to re-normalize back to the new normal, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Well, what's ahead for you? I mean, I know you mentioned perhaps um, film or, you know, if we were to get in time machine and we go forward five years, what are you doing in those five years? What's your world look like? Five years from now. Um, I kind of want to like, I mean, <laughs> this sounds a little aggressive, but like I, my mom had me when I was, when she was 27. So I like possibly would want to like have a baby or something. I don't know. I'm kind of like a very maternal person and I've always wanted to be a mom and I've always wanted to be a young mom. And so maybe I'll have a baby. Maybe I won't. Maybe when I'm 27, I'll be like, uh, what were you thinking? You're not going to have a baby. So potentially that, but also I hope to still be touring and performing and making music and growing as an artist and as a person. And I never want to stop what I do. I'm so passionate about my art and I'm so passionate about singing to the world hopefully and uh, I want to fulfill all my dreams and goals so hopefully uh, yeah that that's where I'll be. Well we definitely hope to see you there and low-key I feel like I could definitely see you in the movies I'm just saying that might Thank be a you. good direction if if you want to you know go in that direction I think one there'd day. be a, a world of support behind that. Thank you. I think one day I'll give it a give it a go. Um, all right, girl. Well, I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much for taking this time to talk to us and hang out with us. It was so nice to talk to you. And, you know, I wish you the best and continue to speak out. Your voice is really important. And a lot of people are listening. Thank you. That means a lot to me. I need all the assurance I can get. So thank you very much. Anytime. See the full conversation at Spout Podcast on YouTube. Follow us at Spout underscore podcast on IG and Twitter. Plus now, Spout Podcast on Clubhouse. Next week, Sophia Carson spouts off. From millions of girls around the world, it's not even a part of the conversation. So to make it a part of the conversation, and you know, it's t- time has proven and history has proven that when young women are educated, societies thrive. So it's, you know, it's exciting to see where we're going and to see a a far more beautiful world. Be sure to listen to the next Spout podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Spout podcast is presented by Alpha Media, produced by Gorilla Sound, and created by Phil Becker. Spout.